taught this morning. Psalms 42, if you don't mind, I like to just read the whole entire, the entire chapter. It's only 11 verses, and there's some good verses. And, uh, and I'll get to the point here in just a second. Let's stand and read for the word of God for God's people. He says, The heart panteth at the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been meet day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I have gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God, when the voices of joy and praise and multitude that kept holy day. While thou cast down, O my soul, why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and the Hermites from the hill of Mezoc. Deep call unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and all thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will I command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me in my prayers unto the God of my life. I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones my enemies reproach me while they say daily unto me, where is thy God? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the heel of my continence and of my God. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this morning, Lord, for what you've done, what you're about to do, Lord. Lord, we just ask you this morning just to open our hearts up and receive what we need from you, Lord. And Lord, we are needy people. We need much today. I just pray that you touch us, lift us up, encourage us. Empty yourself and fill me with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. There are times in this chapter that the psalmist declares his thoughts. His soul was cast down. I looked up that phrase, cast down. It mentions in verses number 5, verse 6, and verse 11. And that phrase, cast down, literally means to sink, uh, to stoop low or to be depressed. I want to preach this on this subject this morning out of Psalms 42. And this is certainly not an exhausted study on this subject, but if you give you your ears and give me just about 30 minutes, I believe I can give you some help this morning on the subject of dealing with discouragement and depression. That is literally the thought behind Psalms 42. Let me say, if you've ever had had days of discouragement uh, and days of depression, you will. As a matter of fact, I shouldn't even say that. Uh, you're, we're living in a day where everybody knows what it's like to have depression, what it's like to be discouraged from time to time. Some people knows what it's like to have a deeper or darker hours of depression from time to time. At this point in the psalmist's life, he's battling the demons of 
uh, discouragement. He's battling uh, uh, demons of depression in his life. And can I say to everyone, to some degree, to some worse than others, we all want to face that in our lives. I, I, I read a study on young people, and, and it, it just floored me. Uh, that's battling the subject that we're preaching on this morning. The heavy burdens on the, uh, the years it seems that uh, raised. And I remember when I was young that uh, uh, you could count out of 20 kids or 30 kids, only one or two parents, uh, were came, two kids came from broken homes. And it wasn't talked about much. Kids didn't have uh, worries. Kids didn't have burdens. They didn't have discouragement. They didn't have pressure. They didn't go through that stuff. But I, I, I read the studies and that age is starting to get younger and younger and younger. That Where you see five, six, seven-year-old kids that are facing discouragement and getting depressed because of what's going on in their life and what's going on in their home life. I know how fast things are coming at our young people. At this generation that we see in here today. I don't know exactly what it is. It could be this age of society of media that we have that's causing kids to get bad and kids getting uh, messed up. Or maybe be it's just that we're on the verge of Christ coming back. And the devil knows that. He knows his time is numbered. He knows his hours are numbered. And he's ramping up the uh, 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 rage against the young people to get them to separate themselves from God, separate themselves from the church, and, and gets us discouraged and disappointed this morning. Here, I'm, what I'm talking to you happened to a human pen that God used to write this chapter it happened to him to be a holy man of God that could write this it could happen to anyone in here from the pulpit to the pews if no one is above being discouraged no one's above being depressed I think we all go through it at some time or another some to a different degree than others but we all face discouragement we all face depression in our lives and if it happened to this man here, it can happen to you this morning. We find that the days in Elijah, we, we find that it happened to him. We, we find that it happened to Jonah. We find that it happened to multiple people throughout the Bible in the Scriptures this morning. I believe God put this psalm in the Scriptures simply for the purpose of trying to be some encouragement to those that down the road that knows they're going to face this, they know they're going down a dark path that the psalmist writes about. Do you agree with me for whatsoever things were written aforetime, were written for our learning, the Bible tells us, though we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope this morning. God allows texts like this in the scripture for those that, uh, that uh, now live in an age of grace to look back and say, if that psalmist can walk through what that, what he did, surely I'm going to be able to walk through it too. 
if that psalmist came out on the other side, then surely I will be able to come out on the other side myself. I, I, I'm just uh, going to keep praising God, he said. Keep lifting God up. You can step out of Psalms chapter 42 with experience of discouragement and depression in our lives and walk out that dark, lonely areas with our hearts and our hands held high saying, I'm going to keep praising God. I'm going to keep giving God the glory. Whatever age bracket you are here this morning, whatever you're personally dealing with this morning, in your area of discouragement or in your area of depression this morning, I have a word from the Lord for you this morning. It got me back in line. It put me back where I needed to be. I believe we'll find some help this morning. And let me just give you several things before I get to the message this morning. There are several things I want you to see in the Psalms here. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I had to battle some things myself, and I want to show you some things in this. Notice, notice the scribe of the Psalms, who, who, the, who it was written by, who writes it down. He, he's one of those unnamed writers. All the way up to here so far, we find that David writes the Psalms. We know that David pens the Psalms. But when we get to chapter 42, it's one of the first Psalms that is not named. But I will say that it sure does smell like David. It sure does look like David. It's almost like the time when David was running from Absalom, his son. His own family tried to hurt him and, and do him in. Now David's mourning and weeping. If you read over 2 Samuel where he was running from Absalom, he walked up that hill with his head hung down, the cloth over his head, and he was a weeping. That seems to be where this man is in the present time of life right now. Notice the subject of the Psalms. Who the Psalm was written to. The ones who the Psalm is trying to get to. Look at the heading before verse number 1. Most Bibles have a heading before the first verse. It tells you who the psalm is, who the psalmist is, and what it's about, it was written for. It says to the chief music, Michel, which just means teachers. For the sons of Korah, that is a blessing that this psalm is written to the sons of Korah. You say, what's that a blessing about? How is that a blessing this morning? If you read the book in Numbers, I think chapter 16, you'll read about that. Korah and a bunch of men came and withstood against Moses, and God didn't like that. And God told Moses, speak to him and speak to him. And they wouldn't listen to Moses. They wouldn't listen to God. And God said, Moses, don't have anything else to do with these guys. Step away. And God opened up the ground, and these people fell in the pit. They went to hell with their eyes wide open because they stood against God. What a blessing it is knowing that, hey, this psalm is written to the sons of Korah. Amen. 
What a, what a blessing it is that even though my daddy went to hell with his eyes wide open, I have found grace. I have found grace. God has done good in my life. God has been good to me. God showed mercy on me. If it, let me just say, if worse comes to worse, if bad comes to bad, if you're, if you're saved this morning, if you know God's your Savior, you can rejoice in the fact there was a God of mercy that stopped you from sliding in the pits of hell this morning and saved your life. Hey, bad comes to bad. We're all going to get some sad doctor's faces. <laughs> some of us may go bankrupt. We're going to get some bad times. I, I, I see everything in the world, the price is going up, and it just, it just floors me. But I can look around of all the things that's going on in this world. I can say God has looked on me with mercy. God has given me grace. God has delivered me from going to the pit this morning. The subject of the psalmist are those that have been saved by the grace of God this morning. Notice the soul of the psalmist. I love this. I love the hound out of this. Beginning in verse 1, we find over and over again, he mentions his soul. He speaks of his soul. It is a soul that is troubled. It's in Definite turmoil. So I want to show you several things about the soul of the psalmist on the thought of discouragement and depression. The, the illusion of the soul. The illustration. Let's just say the illustration of the soul. He, he gives some word illustrations of his soul here. Watch how he said in verse 1. So apparently, so panted my soul. Verse 2, he says, my soul thirsted. Verse 4, when I remember these things, I poured out my soul in me. Verse number 5, he says, while thou art cast down, O my soul, thou art disquieted in me. Verse 11, thou art cast down, O my soul. He said it again. This, this man said five things about his soul. His, his panted soul, his thirsty soul. He has a poured out soul. He has a cast down soul, a disquieted soul. Uh, that word disquieted means uh, that no rest is constantly at, at trouble, at state of trouble, of aggravation. No rest. He's getting no rest. This fellow's got some serious issues going on in his life this morning. I, I don't know if you felt that way in your soul before. When your soul was panting for something, it, it was wanting relief. It, it, it wanted some encouragement. It wanted some change. It wished it could have some thirst just to get through with it. He said he poured out his soul. 
You ever get that point place with God when you just come to the God that says, I'm just going to pour it out. I'm just going to give you everything. Lord, I've been holding it back for too long. It's been built up inside of me. I've just got to pour out my soul. I've got to give you what's going on in my life. Have you ever got to that point? Let me just say this. Maybe some of us need to get to that point that we just come to God and just lay it on the line with Him. This is what's going on. This is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm going through. I need you this morning. It's been cast down, panted, poured out. We see the illustrations of his soul. Then we see the irritation of his soul. People are constantly poking at him. And at the end of verse 3, his enemy said to him, Where is thy God? Where is thy God? Verse 9, it says, why go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? In verse 10, he said, as with a sword in my bones. My enemies reproach me while they sit daily unto me. Where is thy God? You see what they're doing here. You see the irritation of his soul. The enemy is constantly poking at him, poking at him, saying like things like this, if God loved you, you wouldn't be going through this. If God was here with you, this wouldn't be happening to you. If God really cared about you, he would, like the preacher says, like the singers sing about, you would not be going through what you're going through. If God really cared about you, if God really loved you, what, where is your God at now? Where is your God at when you face in turmoil? Where is your God at when you get depressed? Where is your God at when you get discouraged? Where is your God at now? You seem to be suffering. You seem to be going through some things that you just can't bear yourself. Where is your God? Can I tell you that is the tactic of the devil? That's exactly what the devil will do. He'll get up beside you and whisper in your ear, hey, you know God don't love you. If, if God really loved you, you wouldn't be facing what you're facing. You won't be dealing what you're dealing with. Uh, you won't be going through that depression. You won't be going through that discouragement. If your God really loved you, why ain't he here with you? Can I say this? Even though God is not here physically with you, God is still here. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Even though you can't see his hand, there is always an unseen hand that is guiding and directing your steps every which way you go. Don't trust the devil. Don't let the devil get in your ear and tell you these things. Because I'll tell you right now, it'll mess your mind up. It'll blow your mind if you start letting the devil get into your ear. He said they're constantly poking at him. Now, can I say this now? He said, now listen, he says, as with a sword in my bones. It's amazing how much we preach on faith. It's amazing how much we sing about faith, living by faith, walking by faith. It's amazing how we talk about faith, read about faith. It's amazing how we do that. But when it comes down to living faith, <laughs> that's a little on the hard side, ain't it? 
It's a little on the hard side. When you're actually called to live by faith. When things are not going right, when everything seems to be teared up in your life, it, it, God calls us to live by faith. The enemy is constantly poking at him, sticking him, he said, like a sword into my bone. Can I say this? I don't want to say it to a bit, but there are those in your life that you really just don't care about. They don't care about you. And, and no matter what they do, it really don't hurt you that bad. But I'm going to tell you this. Your family, your family can hurt you. That's what he's talking about, that sword to the bone. I, I'm telling you, your family can get to a place that nobody else can get to. They can stick and poke and pride you, and they get you all upset. They can hurt you. He said, like a sword in my bone, the family is the one that can really get down inside of you. I'm just going to tell you that. For those that, you know, uh, yeah, 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 you say that, that's all right. But when a family member says something about you or says something about, to, about you, that cuts to your bone. That cuts to your bone. And, that, and I believe that's why it is. I think this is David because he said his sword is cut to my bone. What's Absalom's been doing to him, his family's after him. They want to destroy him. They want to get rid of him. He says they, they cut to my bone. Now, I've gone through some things. I've, I've faced some demons in my life. And I'm going to tell you, like I said, when God, God says, faith, faith, you got to live faith. And when I try that, the devil will whisper up beside me, oh, preacher man, where's your sermon at now? Where's that faith sermon at now? You've got to live that faith. Where's it at now? It's a whole different story when you got to live faith. It's nice to talk about it. It's nice to read about it. But when you got to live faith, it's a different story. We find the irritation of a soul. And I believe these ain't just the enemies. I believe it's also family. We find a man that knows what it's like to have his soul panting. His soul poured out. His soul thirsty. It's been cast down. It's disquieted. And we find this man that's irritated. But this is where I really want to get to. I really want to get to the rest of the message. I hope this will be a blessing to you because it was to me. What God can do for you, what God can take you, what God can bring you from, you've got to trust God. I want you to notice the instincts of his soul. The instincts of his soul. As far as I've been talking about, it's been the discouragement and the irritation, depression. How, how do we deal with that? Like I said, there is not an encompassed study on this subject, but I do believe there is some help for us in Psalms 42. Look at the instincts of soul. Watch the very first the psalmist said. Look, look at his instincts. To somebody that can really make a difference. Look at verse number one. As the heart panted after the water brooks, so panted my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsted for God, 
for the living God. When shall I come and appear before thee? Can I say about this instincts of the soul? Some run continually. Listen to me. Some run continually to all the wrong faces, to the, all the wrong places with their discouragement and their depression today. Do you, do you know why we live in such a society that is absolutely hooked on drugs in any kind, any shape, any form? They're looking for something instinctively to try to numb the pain they feel in their life, in their soul this morning. Now, please don't misunderstand me. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't like being misquoted. If you break a leg, the doctor sets your leg, he'll give you some pain to deal with that. The same if you break your arm, the doctor will give you something to deal with that. I do believe there are some those that mental or chemically imbalanced, they need help. I believe that. I know some people that if they come off their medication, this world better watch out. Some of them sitting in church. I know that. I know that for a fact. But let me say this by enlarge, enlarge. I'm seeing today it's not that we need to have medical conditions, it's just a quick fix over what is bothering them in their souls. We're living in a day where doctors are quick to write something just to get you out of their face, to give you what you think you need so they can make a dollar. We're living in a generation that is so medicated they don't even know what moment in moment, what day they're in or where they're at and living at. It's hard to tell if things are real anymore. Just watch TV. It'll, it'll show you. Just in our area alone, we got such a pandemic of drugs in this area alone. And if it's just in this area, a rural area like this, then it's worldwide, statewide. It's, it's all over. The person that they seems to get, they want to numb the things. They want to numb the problem that's in their life. They keep running to all the wrong places. They keep running to the needle. They keep running to the pills. They keep running to bottles, hoping to get rid of it. But it don't get rid of it. It just numbs the pain for another day. And let me tell you what, it won't entertain you tomorrow. You've got to go back to it again. And it takes more and more each time. Don't let depression take you down that path because it can. Keep running back over and over and over trying to numb the pain. Feel the void in their lives. I'm going to have to run. I'm going to run after God so hard. I'm going to seek God so hard. I'm going to chase him so hard. I'm thirsting to have an encounter with God. And I know if I can get hooked up with God, he can fix whatever is going wrong in my life. Why does a deer crave water? I, I, 
I keep going back to four or five years ago when I preached on that, this actual deer. Why does the deer crave the water? What is that it's talking about? It's instinct. It's instinct. It's for revival. His soul needs to be revived. So you, what do you put in the instinct go out the water? God put the instinct out in the deer to go out the water. He did not have to go to school and take a six-week course on how to find water. God put the instinct in that deer. Can I say to this this morning, God put an instinct in you? Nobody had to teach the deers, hey, look, buddy, water looks like this. Streams look like this. Deer instinctively know that water can revive them. Water can help them. Let me say this as a child of God. When life hits the skids, <laughs> hours of seasons of dark depression, and discouragement come along. Listen to me. I'm not there to need a doctor. I'm just saying some people do. But I'm, I, I need something more. But too many of us explore other avenues to fix what God can fix in our life. And when you explore the wrong avenue, it takes you further away from God instead of closer to God. And I'm finding this to happen more and more and more in the Christian world than it's ever been before. We've got problems in the Christian world. We want to tell everybody else how they should live and walk their life, but we can't do it ourselves. I'm just telling you that. I, I can't sit and tell you how to overcome depression and discouragement when I can't overcome it. We got problems. We got a problem. But thank God, I know the solution. <laughs> the deer, he, he, he's instinctively searching water, looking for water, because it revives him. The first instinct in your life should not be going to a doctor or a pill, or a bottle, your first instinct in your life should be running to God. God, I need you to fix what's going on in my heart. It, it should be instinctive for revival. It, instinctive for relief. A deal will run to water, source, whatever he's wounded. I, 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 I'm not a hunter. I, I'm I gave that up years ago. Couldn't kill a deer today if I had to. But I've talked. My son's an avid hunter. He, he loves to hunt. He was at the house. He's hunting one day. And, and I heard, boom, boom. And I said, well, he done got him a deer. Later on, he come up. He says, well, Dad, I got this doe, but I'm, I, I thought I had this buck. He's a nice buck, and I shot, and he fell over like that. And I said, well, and I sat there waiting for a minute, because a lot of times when you hit a deer, you don't always kill him right off the bat. He said, hey, he didn't get up, and the doe didn't get up. And he got up, and he started walking down there. And all of a sudden, that buck jumped up, and phew, gone. You can see the blood trail when the deer left there. You can see that blood trail. 
And what he did, he found that blood trail led right down to the pond. And there laid that deer in the water. He took a step, deer raised up, and he ran off again. And he finds another body of water. And he finds another body of water. And deer instinctively knows that if he gets into that water, that cool, cold water, it will bring relief from the wound that has just happened to him. That water becomes like medicine. And accept it for that deer. When that cold water hits that wound, it begins to numb the wound. It begins to numb the pain. And not only that, listen to me. That cold water will start to provide closure to that wound and stop the bleeding from flowing. And while that water is running over that deer, it begins to flush out the impurities and keeps the infection setting in on that deer's womb so it doesn't kill the deer when I read Psalms 42 I said that has been some times in my life when my heart was wounded my soul had been wounded my, uh, my mind has been wounded and you know where you can help at where you can get relief at if you can find God if you can get close to the Lord you get a prayer closet, get into the Bible, whatever it is, whatever you, if you can just get close to the Lord and let Him get beside you and let that cool water of God get a hold of you, it'll flush out that wound, it'll get all the impurities out of you and start that healing process in your life again. You can find some help with God. It's instinctive for retreat. You know what it does for the heart when it gets in the water? It's not just reviving with fresh drinks, not just relief from the being hurt, but it's for retreat as well. When, it, when a dog is in back these days, that's what they use dogs. I don't know if anybody ever hunt. I don't think you can hunt with dogs no more, deer. But they used to get dogs to chase deers. And what a deer would do when it, the dogs get on the scent of the deer, the deer would run until he finds a stream. Then he'd jump in that stream, get right in the middle, and run up that stream. And to get far enough, then he jumps out. And what it does is those dogs get to that stream. They can't smell that deer scent anymore. And, and then they can't find it anymore. And the deer escapes. <clears throat> Why in the world do we come to church why do we get the church? Because you've been out in the world all week long. You've got the stink of the world on the outside of you. And you come inside and you're trying to defect the devil. And let me tell you what, when you get around God, you start smelling like God. You start feeling like God. The devil can't smell you no more. You're getting the devil off the scent of the child of God when you come to the house of God. Thank you. Amen. Amen. And I'm, I'm just talking about 20 years of experience in the ministry. There's reason why some Christians continually deal with depression and discouragement. Over and over and over. Sometimes and always, sometimes 
but sometimes it's because they ain't seeking God, not looking for God. Anybody deals with depression and discouragement, no matter how close you are to God, anybody is going to face and deal with that. No matter what your position is, no matter what you do, no matter what you, I, I'm, I, I'm super Christian, you're going to deal with it. Everybody's going to deal with it. But the plan of God is for not to you to deal with it continually. God knows that we're going to go through this battle. God knows we're going to face those things. But God says, certainly, I don't want you dwelling in that place. And God provides avenues for us to get out. Now, let me just say this. If, <laughs> you know, when you talk about something like this, you have to be careful how you say things because you might make somebody mad. Say the wrong things. But can I say this? If you're continually dealing with this year after year after year after year, maybe there's something between your soul and God that you need to get out so God can bring relief to your life. Amen. Amen. I, I, I watch Christian people, so-called Christian people that deal over and over every year, every year. I'm depressed, and you know they're depressed because they tell you about it all year long. Next year, it's come up the same exact thing year after year. They just have not moved on. There's something between the soul and God that they need to get rid of. Amen. It, it, it didn't go well with me either when God gave it to me. <laughs> I, I'm taking it like y'all. <laughs> but let me, give, let me close with this. The intention of the soul. The intention of the soul. His intentions are clear. You say, what is his intentions? His intentions are, he, it may be bad, but I ain't giving up. It may be rough, but I ain't giving up. Verse 11, while thou, thou cast down, O my soul, and while thou disquieting in me. It's not fixed. It ain't no with. He's still facing the same things over. Then he said, hope thou in God. Right in the middle of it. While the soul of the psalmist is panting and thirsty, disquieted, right in the middle of it, his soul is cast down. For I shall yet praise him. Why? Because he is the health of my confidence, of my God. He's going to keep going to the house of God. Verse 4, I went to them, the house of God, and with the voice of joy and praise. He's not going to stop going through the house of God. Things may get rough. Things may get bad. But I'm not going to stop going where I know I can get relief, knowing where I can get some help. I'm not going to give up. I'm just going to keep going. It may get bad. It may get worse. But God is still better than all that. 
Then he says, <laughs> then he says I'm going I'm to keep singing. I'm going to sing a song even when I don't feel like it. Have you, have you ever had those days one day you just, it just seems like everything's going wrong in your life and all of a sudden a song will pop in your head and you're singing it all day, all day. And next thing you know, you got some joy in your life. You're singing that song. I've come too far to turn back now. I've come too far to turn back now. And it just starts lifting your soul up. I've come too far to turn yeah. back now. Thank you, God. I've come too far. Yeah. Amen. He says, I'm going to keep, then he says, I'm going to keep praying. <laughs> I'm just going to keep praying. Things look bad. Everything around us look bad. Only good news I got, the gas prices dropped down to 432. <laughs> That's pretty bad. That's the best news you can give out today, ain't it? 432. I can just say this, we don't live in California, it's 561 there. <laughs> Amen. Things may look bad in this world and it's going to get even worse. We, you think it's bad now, the Bible says it's going to get worse. It's going to wax worse and worse and worse. It's going to keep praying, it's going to keep singing. He's going to keep hoping in God. Hope thou in God. He's looking and expecting God to do something. That's how he was able to get through what he went through. Because his hope is in God. Can I say this when I'm done? Don't ever lose hope because sometimes that's all you're going to have is your hope you may not have the finances you may not have the health you may not have anything going on they may come and take your car they may come and take your house they may come and take your wife I, but you can always have hope they cannot take your hope from you my hope is in the Lord. My help is in the Lord. That's what we need to be focusing on. Not, not the world and what's going on, because if you keep focusing on that, that's going to get you discouraged. That's going to get you depressed. It's going to take you in places you don't want to go. Start focusing on Him and what He can do for you. We've talked about all morning long about He's coming to, coming to get us. Coming to get us. Coming to get it. And I believe we're closer today than we've ever been before. But I'm not going to lose hope. I'm going to continue on. I might fight the devil today and I might fight him tomorrow, but I know God is on my side. He's with me all the way. And that's what I want to think. He is there. Let us stand.